0: I want to explain something to some of the kids that are still in here and and some of the ones as they go to their classes. When I was a kid and you got home from school, you went outside and you played. And you played until you couldn't see anymore. And then you came back in. There were no phones, there were no Game Boys, there were no iPads. No YouTube, you know, the thing that people watch other people play now? Exactly. Maybe. Maybe. But you knew your neighborhood, and you knew the people in your neighborhood. As a matter of fact, you knew your neighborhood so well that you could probably tell who was in each house, where they were from, what they were about, and not really ever talk to them. It was just some kind of social osmosis that you would just kind of like soak in how everybody was and who everybody was. Like there was a woman that lived next to us named Geneva, and we would all go outside and play. And she would come outside. And, oh, boys, it's hot outside. Here's some lemonade, and she would give us lemonade. She didn't have any grandkids that come and visited her. She just wanted to love the kids that were in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. Now her neighbor right beside her directly after that, would come out and yell at all the kids, if I find any of those cups in my yard, so help me. But he was in the neighborhood. He was in the neighborhood. Does anybody remember uh, remember Mr. Perdue? He was a janitor at Happy Valley for years and years and years, and he had lost his wife, but he was in my neighborhood. And he would drive around on his riding mower, and he would look for people's yards that weren't mowed, and he would just mow them and then he'd mow another, and then he'd go home. And, and he was just a sweet, sweet, loving old man. He was part of the neighborhood. There were, there were kids who were allowed to come outside and play. There were kids who were allowed or not allowed to come outside and play. There were wire electric fences on some of them, and some of them you could just walk through. You know what I'm talking about? You knew your neighborhood. There were people who wanted to know you. And there were people who did not want to know anything about you. And so I'm asking you, out of all of those people, all of those characters, and there were a lot more, who was my neighbor? They were all my neighbor. Whether they wanted to be or not. Whether they came outside and brought me a glass of lemonade, or yelled at me for the ones that ended up in their yard, which never happened. It didn't, I swear. But they were all, all, all my neighbor. And the respect that was taught to me went to the one at 101 Sherry Street, and 115 Sherry Street, and 135 Sherry Street. Political signs weren't a deal back then, but there would have been red and blue and red and blue and red and blue signs everywhere. But they were all my neighbor. Will you stand with me for the reading of God's word? We are starting in Luke today. This is a a scripture that I haven't got to preach before. And and it's kind of been one that I've avoided, to be honest. Because to me, it was always one of those that, yeah, we've heard this. Yeah, we, we know this. Yeah, we've heard this. But I'm really excited for what God has revealed in through it to me that I can share with you today. Starting in verse 25. Then an expert in the law stood up to test him. That Just that right there is just loaded. An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Saying, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus Real smart, just say, well, what's written in the law? He asked him, how do you read it? The lawyer answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus took up the question and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem. Anytime Jesus doesn't directly answer your question, he starts into a story, you know you've messed up. Right? You done messed up. He started monologuing on him. Right? A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him, and fled leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, say Samaritan, on his journey, came up to him, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. He went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring olive oil and wine. And then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. When I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The one who showed mercy to him, he said. Then Jesus told him, go and do the same. Father, I pray today that, that we are able to go and do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Each gospel was written specifically with an intention for specific audiences. There were were things in each one that certain people needed to hear. Now, Luke, being the only Gentile of the Gospels, he wrote very specific stories about Jesus meeting people right where they were. Right where they were. Is anybody else thankful that Jesus meets you right where you are? Two of you? I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad he did. The story of the ten lepers, the prostitute, the prodigal son, the, the tax collectors, Achaeus, all these in, in, in Luke are, are examples of, of God in, in Jesus meeting people right where they were. Instead of waiting for them to come to him, he went to them. Amen? He went to them. He went to where they were. He went to the, the dirty spots and the, the, the scary spots of town and the, the rough spots of town. I, I think it's funny that we as church people, often the people that we invite to church the most are people who have been in church or are in another church. Like, hey, come check my church out. I know you go to a church, but come to mine. We're just trading one for another, right? We're not getting people... Haven't been in church. We're just go ahead and talking to the ones that are comfortable about coming. Now, I mean, that's fine, that's totally cool. But who are we going after? Who do we need to be reaching? The lost. The lost. We need to be going after people who, who aren't in church or haven't been in church or, or never even heard the word church. And we go after them. But so often we invite people that are already in church. We're just kind of swapping back and forth. And so I ask you in this, he said, who is my neighbor? Now, in the Hebrew, neighbors were, were people like them, people who dressed like them, believed like them, walked like them, talked like them. Those were the neighbors. Those were the people they were comfortable with neighbors. Uh, have you ever heard the term echo chamber? I want to say something. That i are around a bunch of people that agree with me. That way, what I'm saying is just echoed back to me. Those are my neighbors. Those are my people. Those are my people. You ever been on a, held hostage on a group text? And I mean that in every sincerity. Your phone, you're just sitting there. Ba-bing, 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 ba It's like, What is happening? Oh, one person ate this and they want the recipe and they thought it looked good and there's two more pictures and you have nothing to do with it. And you just put your phone back down and it goes pee 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 be pee beep pee pee Oh, is this important? No, it's just them all talking about it again. Who is your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Is it people that agree with you? Or is it people that don't agree with you? Is it people that have it all figured out? Or have nothing figured out? Is it the people that you absolutely love the most, or is it the people that you don't know at all? All of them. It's so easy, right? We know this story. We know this. All right, yep, all people. Love God, love people. We know, we know, we know. But it's not that easy. It's not that easy. And we're we're given chance after chance after chance after chance to love God. And nine times out of ten, we do. And we're given chance after chance after chance after chance to love people. And we don't. I'm not talking about the people that you're arguing with on Facebook. I'm talking about your spouse. talking about your mom. Your dad. My, My kids hate each other. I'm convinced of it. They just, it's like, all right, fine, you're not brother and sister anymore. Go to your room, go to your room. Y'all don't like each other, that's fine. We'll move you out. That, or throw these gloves on and settle it. Figure it out. But love each other. Love each other. We're given so many opportunities to love, and we just don't. We just don't. I mean, we don't. I saw something at a school the other day, painted on the wall, and I, it was four little elementary school kids to think about, but it got me. I was like, man, I was walking around by myself going, well, look at that, and everybody, nobody knew what I was talking about. I was like, it's a church thing. Y'all don't know, and it said, seek first to understand, and then be understood, Seek first to understand, and then be understood. How amazing would all of our conversations, would all of our interactions, would all of our discourse between people that we agree with, don't agree with, anything at all, change if the very first thing that we did was go, you tell me why you believe that. You tell me. Let me understand where you're coming from. Let me understand your point of view. I want to understand you. I care enough that I want to know what's going on with you before I start trying to just wash away everything that's going on with me. Let me understand you. I know this is corny. You're the only you. As Dr. Seuss says, there's nobody you than you. You. There's nobody that has had the same exact set of consequences and situations that have built you up to where you are today. The sum of all things in your life have made you into who you are right now. And that needs to be understood. But also, if everybody else is the only person that is them, the only person that has that position, the only person that has seen those things or been through those things, why would we not first... Try to understand so that then we can be understood. When we read scripture, when we pray, how amazing would it be if we tried to understand and then then be understood. Who is your neighbor? you know, through this scripture, I I thought it was really funny. I've, I studied this scripture a lot and there were some, some eschatology type things where someone was supposed to be, you know, Jericho and someone was supposed to be the Antichrist and some, there was all, and, and it, no, no. mm -mm. And then somebody tried to go through the reasons why the priest didn't, stop or why the Levite didn't stop. They, they said, well, it's very easy. The, the priest was walking down and, and he didn't stop for the, for the man that was beaten because then that would make him unclean. And then he would have to go through the rituals of, of cleansing himself and staying outside and, and doing all those things. And then that's, that's why he didn't, didn't stay. That's why he, he didn't stop. He, he would have to do those things. And the Levite crossed to the other side of the street because he saw this man that was beaten and, and, and stripped and just in a bad way. And there may be still people over there that are beating and stripping people, so I, I'm not going to go to that side of the street. I'm, I'm going to cross over this way. And then the Good Samaritan stops. Here's why none of those are true. Because they're made up people. It's just a story Jesus was telling. Just a a story Jesus was telling. That's not the point. That's not what he's trying to get you to look at. What he's trying to get you to look at is him. It's him. The very first thing he said was, what does the law say? What's it say? Mr. Expert Lawyer Man, you know what? What does it say? It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. Love Him perfectly. Love God perfectly. Love Him with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, everything you have. And love your neighbor as yourself. I would ask you, who in here loves God with all their heart, all their soul, and all their might? But I can't say that. Because I'm incapable of that. I don't. I don't. I'm broken. I'm incapable of loving God perfectly. I'm incapable of loving my neighbor as myself perfectly. Because if I was, then I wouldn't need Jesus, I wouldn't need him. I would already fulfill the law. I love God perfectly. I do all the things that I'm supposed to do. I love him. I put nothing above him. There's never a moment that my focus and my will is not exactly lined up with what he would have for my life. I've got it figured out. I love my neighbor as myself. No. I can't. I can't. I can't love my wife as I love myself. I fail her. Every day. Every moment of every day. And I'm so thankful that I have Jesus. I fail my parents. I fail my kids. Every day. And I'll make sure that they know I have Jesus. The grace of God is overwhelming. It's all-consuming. Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Hallelujah. I wish I could love God perfectly. I wish I could love God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my might. I wish I could say that. I'm trying. I I swear I'm trying. I'm trying with everything that I have. But I fail and fail and fail and fail. And a lot of times it's the same thing that I'm failing at. The same thing, I'll grab and drag and this ugly, stinky mess and throw it in front of the cross and just be like, take it, Lord. Take it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then I turn around and grab it again and say, here it is again. I didn't think I took it with me, but I did. Here, bam. I'm sorry. And then I take that same thing and I lay it at the foot of the cross again and again again, and again, and again, until I'm starting to just go, what am I doing? What am I doing? I keep, I keep trying to do it by myself. Just by myself. Just by myself. I I, I take this thing and i lay it down and somehow i grab it and i'll 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 drag it back with me and work on it i'll get better i'll do better i can figure it out i'll do this i can work on it i can be better i can try harder i can i can i can fix this i i can fix this i can i can work on it right i can work on it i'm, I'm competitive i'll i'll beat this thing i'll beat i'll beat that i'll, I'll, I'll do it when well, god's like you don't have to don't have to I already did I, I, I won that battle why are you still fighting it why are you still fighting a dead giant it's dead it can't scare you it can't win Jesus is victorious can somebody say amen so I want to tell you today you're not alone you feel like you've taken the same thing to the foot of the cross and laid it there and said, this is the last time. And then you found yourself right back in that spot laying it down again. You're not alone. You're not alone. You need Jesus. Me too. Me too. And I'm so thankful in that moment because that's where he meets you. He meets you in that brokenness. He meets you in that that muck and that mire. He meets you in that darkness because then he can provide the light and light it up. But the Samaritan didn't just help him. He didn't give him enough. He gave him everything. Here's my animal. Here's my day's wages. Here's everything that I have. If you need more, if he needs more, give it to him. I'll, I'll pay you when I get back. There's so many times that we do an act of service and feel really, really good about it. You know what? I tip them $5 instead of 2 Merry Christmas. <laughs> How many times have we just, you know what? Just everything. Just everything. Just take it. Whatever I have, let me give it, here it is. You need clothes, take all mine. You need food, take all mine. You need a place to to sleep, you can have my house. Just let me me bind your wounds, let me pour oil on them, let me pour wine on them, Let let that antiseptic, let me heal you. Let me do what it needs to be done to heal you, but not just heal you. Let me heal you, and then give you what you need after, and then let me give you what you need after, and let me give you what you need after, and after, and after, and guess what? It's been six weeks, and I've checked on you every single day, but I'm still here. You need anything? Because I still love you. I still love you. The people that we care about. The people that agree with us. The people that don't agree with us. The people that are on one side of the spectrum and one side of the other. One side of the aisle and the other side of the aisle. The people that have hurt you the most. Abundance of love and care. Abundance of love and care to the people who have let you down over and over and over and over again. And also to the people that love you every single day and you just go they'll be there they love me and you just love and love and love them every single day so church i ask you can you love god perfectly no can you love people perfectly no so what do we need we need jesus we need Jesus not like it would be really helpful to have him no like we need Jesus I need Jesus I need you I need I, I, need, I can't do any of this without you not, not any of this I can't do anything without you every time I fail I need Jesus every time I succeed I need Jesus everything everything in James 1, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, and goes away immediately, forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law, of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. The law of freedom, the law of liberty, the mirror of our brokenness, the the law of liberty gets to show us who we are. Gets to show us exactly where we are. I'm not worried about the hearers and doers of the word. That's obvious. We know that. Let's not just hear the word, but let's do it. Let's 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 get this stuff done, right? I mean, let's do it. When we say love people, love people. When we say love God, love God. But it's not just you looking at yourself going, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, and then turning away and forgetting exactly what it is that you're supposed to be doing. No, it's looking into the law of liberty, the law of freedom, and the law of liberty, the law of freedom. You look at it and you say, man, I am messed up. I'm awful. I can't get right. Can't get right. I can't do it. I'm looking at this this law of liberty, this law of freedom, freedom knowing that, that I've taken the same thing to the cross 50 times. That I don't feel qualified, that I don't feel equipped, that I feel like I fail as a father, that I feel like I fail as a husband. But I look into this law of freedom. How am I still liberated? How am I still free? How? Because when I look into this mirror, this reflection of who I am, I get to see Christ standing in front of me because I get to share in his righteousness, not mine, because he died, he lived a perfect life and became sin, my sin, the sin I'm looking at, so that then I share in his righteousness. And it's no longer I who live, but He who lives in me because I got crucified on that cross too. And so it's no longer me. But man, if I avoid this mirror, if I just walk around it and I I don't look at it and I don't remind myself how broken I am, I forget how bad I need Jesus. Oh man, I need Jesus. I want to remind myself of just how much I don't have it together. (laughs) I have to be reminded because this is where he met me. This is where I was whenever he said, Follow me. Leave that behind. Step into that reflection. Reflect my glory instead of your failures. Reflect who it is that I am to you as opposed to who it is that you try to be for everybody else. I get embarrassed about doing things wrong. Okay? It's, I am not technical. Right? I had to put in a new faucet. If you laugh, I will excommunicate you. I bought a new faucet. And it took me four and a half hours. You haven't heard. To take the last one out. Because I get embarrassed. To the point to where I destroyed it. Into as many pieces as possible. So that then I could get it out of the sink. And as my brother-in-law showed up to drop my nieces off for us to watch them for a little while. He noticed me holding the directions and a YouTube video pulled up on how to install it. Me looking at them and mad at the video cause that's not in directions. And like, he just like move and like put it together. It's about five minutes, 10 minutes. He's like, there you go. Yeah, it's real funny. It's hilarious. Not good at it. I'm, I'm not good at it. am I, 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 that that embarrasses me. It, it does. It does. My wife. My wife taught me how to put windshield wiper blades on. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. I, I get embarrassed, and I, I, I'm. I'm sorry. Last night we had some friends over for dinner, and as they pulled into the driveway, I opened our back door to walk out, but I didn't open it far enough and ran directly into it. And so they're in. The, I'm taking trash out, and my eyes starting to like puff a little. They're like, "Hey, you need any help?" I'm like, "No, I'm good." Like threw stuff away. Never told them that I ran face first into a door like I've never walked before. But in each of those moments. My brother-in-law showed me how much he loves me. My wife showed me how patient she is with me. So very patient. I could have told my friends that I ran into the door like an idiot because they would have went, yeah, sounds like you. But in each of those moments, in each of those things that I tried to avoid, I got shown my neighbor, someone that loved me someone that cared about me. So if I'm going to stand up here and try to get you guys closer to Jesus, but I avoid where I fail, how am I supposed to see Jesus? How am I supposed to see what he's done in my life if I try to forget all the things that he's done in my life? all the things that he's removed me from no matter how embarrassing they are no matter how no, no matter how ugly they make me feel because when i look into the law of liberty when i get to look into the reflection of who i am it's no longer i who live but he who lives in me it's just an opportunity to see jesus to see him And see what he's done in me. Don't avoid your sin. Don't avoid your conviction. Don't avoid the things that you struggle with. Because you all and I, all of us struggle. We all do. But man, ain't God good? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he take the needle out of your arm? Won't he take, get you out of somebody else's bed? Won't he get you to quit lying? Won't he get you to step up? Won't he get you to walk in faith and, and trust and grace and power and love? Won't he get you to stick your chest up where it never has before? Won't he get you to pick your chin up when it's been down your whole life? Won't he tell you that I love you and I'm your father when you never had one on this earth tell you that? Won't he do it? Every single time. Won't He take somebody in your life that no one understands? No one understands. And when you seek to understand them, then you can then be understood when you give them the simple gospel. The simple gospel. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to worry about what people look like. You don't have to worry about where they come from. You don't have to worry about any of those things because he meets you in your brokenness. He meets you there. He meets you right where you hurt. My dad has a, a real funny joke. When I was growing he's got several. But when I was growing up, I'd say, Dad, it hurts when I do this. And he said, well, quit doing that. Thank you, Dad. Isn't it funny though when you're like, "God it, God it hurts. God it hurts when I do this. Don't do it. Don't do it anymore, Dad. It, it hurts when I do this. We'll quit doing that. Ha ha, it's real funny, but oh man." We say, Jesus, it hurts when I do this. It hurts when I do this. Quit doing that. You don't have to. You don't have to anymore. And so when I ask you, who's your neighbor? It's me. It's me. I'm your neighbor. You're my neighbor. The people that believe like you, they're your neighbor. The people that are elders in church, they're your neighbor. The people that have been forgiven of little and forgiven of lot. People in big positions in government. They're your neighbor. The people who you agree with politically, the people you disagree politically, neighbor. The people that have hurt you, your neighbor. The people that love you, your neighbor. i'm your neighbor i'm someone's son I'm someone's father I'm someone's husband I'm someone's brother I'm someone's friend people that you've just drugged through the mud someone's father Someone's brother. Someone's son. Someone's daughter. Someone's mother. Someone's sister. Someone's grandfather. Who is your neighbor? We're all on the same team. We're all in this together. And if God, if people are going to know us, if people are going to know us, then they're going to know us by how we love. Do they know you by how you love? Do they know you by who you love? Do they know you by how much you love? Or how little? How abundant? Now, I want to explain something. If if you feel guilty today that you don't love your neighbor enough, if you feel guilty today that you don't love your neighbor the right way, if you feel guilty today that you don't love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, then you've missed it. Don't love out of guilt. Don't love out of guilt. Don't love out of... I, I, I should do this. I guess I'll do it. I feel bad that I'm not doing it. That's not it. You cannot love perfectly. You can't love God perfectly. You can't love your neighbor perfectly. That's why we need Jesus. So stare into that law of liberty. Stare into that law of freedom. Present everything that you are, know, Mixing it up to Jesus. This is me. This is where I struggle. This is where I succeed. This is where I need help. This is where I've got it figured out. This is where I definitely don't have it figured out. This is where I've brought you to the cross over and over and over and over again. And in this place is where I see you, Jesus. So I just want to share in your righteousness. I want to stay on that cross because I was crucified there, and it's no longer I who live, but he who lives in me. Don't love out of guilt, don't love out of conviction. Be honest with yourself and your God that you need Jesus. I do every day every single moment of every single day when i'm doing it right i'm not doing it right when i'm doing it wrong i'm doing it wrong and in both of those oh god i need jesus lord help me lord help me lord help me